This is Warrior's Way Podcast, episode 59, and I'm James Eek. As soon as I graduated high school, I opened my first dojo. By that point, I was a skilled competitive fighter, but I had begun to lose my way as a martial artist. My dad must have noticed because he said to me, if you open a school, you need to make sure you are a teacher and not a student. Well, this is one of the many times when my dad was right. I should have listened to him. The truth was, I didn't open the dojo to teach students as much as I opened it to keep training. I didn't see it as a place to teach. I saw it as a place to train. I didn't see the people who came to the dojo as students. I saw them as sparring partners. I would beat them whenever I could, and if I couldn't, I'd just hit harder. If I was teaching them anything, it was to be fighters, not martial artists. Because I saw my students as sparring partners, I wasn't a very effective teacher. My dad told me, Number one, you have to expect your students to become better than you, because that's your job as a teacher. Number two, don't forget that when you open a school, you become a teacher. Don't expect your students to say thank you to you. That's not why you open a school. Within a few years, I had to close the dojo. Nobody wanted me as their teacher. With the dojo out of my life, I began to lose my way. I began working security in a nightclub in Boston. My job wasn't to check IDs. Rather, I was there to stop fights and kick anyone out who started trouble. Needless to say, it was not the best environment for me at the time when I was so focused on being a fighter. I lived that life for 11 years and slowly became lost in the lifestyle that can come with working in a nightclub. I got to know drug dealers and gangsters, and in time, I started selling drugs myself. I was the guy in the club who had access to all the customers. They would ask me where to get something, and I would tell them who to talk to. I started to make good money while my life fell apart. During this time, I was still training in the martial arts, but I was not living the life of a martial artist. Sometimes, I would teach at a friend's school. I would tell kids things like, stay away from drugs, and I would go back to the nightclub, and I'd start to hang out with drug dealers. I was saying one thing and doing another. That's not the life of a martial artist. I was unhappy. The only moments when I thought I was happy was when there was a fight in the club and I could get involved, putting my martial arts skills to use. Even then, however, my martial arts training, true martial arts training, would return to me because when I kicked someone out, I realized I couldn't just be violent. I didn't want to hurt them and I understood that I had to listen to them if I wanted them to listen to me. I genuinely wanted them to get home safe. I remembered to listen and to be present. But that wasn't enough to save me from myself. Soon I met my wife 
Anna was a bartender in the same club where I worked. She was hardworking and beautiful. Before long, we'd fallen in love and moved in together. We were supposed to be starting our life together, but I had a hard time leaving some of my old habits behind. I kept hanging around with the wrong people, doing the wrong things. We moved around a bit, eventually landing in Arizona. We thought a drastic change in scenery might be what we needed, but it didn't change anything. Anna was quickly tiring of my behavior. When we had our first daughter, I knew I had to change. We were in Arizona and I once again found myself managing a nightclub back in my old habits. And lucky for me, the club's owner had my best interests at heart. Tom Serino looked like he was straight out of one of the Godfather movies, but he didn't set me on the path of being a gangster. He started me on the path of saving myself. He must have seen something in me because he recommended a self-improvement course. And it helped. I learned more about myself, about relationships, about what was really important. It helped, but not enough. And not quickly enough. Our marriage had already suffered so much damage and I wasn't proving to Anna that I was making progress. We went bankrupt and she left telling me I would never really change. Yes, I will, I told her. She left. And I set out to straighten out my life. I went back home and into the dojo. I returned home to Boston while I was trying to figure things out. I began teaching for a former student of mine, Matt, Pat Matthews, who owned a dojo. I was teaching for free simply because I loved it and because it felt so good to be back where I had always felt most at home. When the owner of the dojo asked me to help him open a new school near Cape Cod, I told him of course I would, and I did. Once his new dojo was open, he handed me a set of keys. These were to his other dojo, the one where I'd been helping him teach, and it was mine now, he said if I wanted it. I didn't have to pay a dime as long, I could, as long as I could take over the cost of rent. The dojo was mine. I knew this was, a, was my chance to make everything right. At the time, there were about 10 students in the dojo. I worked as hard as I could to build it up. And today, I have 560 students. My wife saw me turning my life around and returned with our daughter, who we'd named Patience. I'd wanted to name her that because I knew good things didn't happen all at once. They required patience. Shortly after this, my second daughter was born. Life was so good then, so full of love, that I could only think of one name for her. Harmony. Not long after, my, after Harmony was born, my parents passed away. One of the last things my dad said to me before he died was, I'm proud of you. You're the man I know you're meant to be. My dad's name was Cao, which means high in Vietnamese. When my son was born, I named him Sky for my dad. Today, I still own and run my Boston dojo. I am still married and raising three amazing children. You could say that I am a successful businessman because that's true. 
but what real I really am is a, a successful martial artist. It was martial arts and the lessons they taught me that have allowed me to have the life I have today. My successes today, like the failures I've experienced, were the consequences of my choices. The choices that have led to success and love and joy in my life are the consequences of the lessons I now want to share with you. So, this is from the introduction of a new martial arts book that I have come across um, called Step on the Mat, Life Lessons of the Ninja by a man by the name of Ninja Nguyen, who runs, as he says, a successful martial arts school in Boston. Nguyen, his, Nguyen's book reminds me a lot of my own book, Warrior's Way, A Guide to Lifelong Learning in the Martial Arts. Um, if you haven't read it, both of us wrote a book that looks back on decades or a lifetime of training in the martial arts through all of its trials and tribulations, highs and lows, all of which taught valuable lessons. And from reading Step on the Mat, I know that Nguyen shares the view that it is the martial arts and the life-changing lessons that you learn from it that saved his life. The lessons we learn on the mats don't suddenly stop when we get our black belt or a few gray hairs. We continue to grow, to learn, fail, make mistakes, fall down. But for a martial artist, we always get back up. You want to find out what a true martial artist is? Well, watch them when they're at their low point in life and you'll see. If you expect a true martial artist to stay down, well, you're in for a surprise. Nguyen does a great job in this book taking all the lessons we learn on the mass and translating it into our lives. Taking something like what stretching teaches us. Not just about our bodies, but what it teaches us about our life. Or doing warm-ups. <laughs> I, I love this stuff. I love how he translates that into actual lessons for how to live a better life. That's what this podcast is about. Being mindful of what it is we're doing on the mats and then taking all of that and translating it into something more. That's what training, what this podcast and what life itself is all about. Finding meaning and growth through all the aspects of our lives. Let's look at another section. This is called How to Bow. The bow might seem like a simple movement, but it's more complicated than it sounds. In fact, there are different ways of bowing. The first bow I learned in martial arts, the karate bow, is different than the bow of kung fu, for example. The way you bow also depends on who's standing in front of you. If they're a training partner, for example, you would maintain eye contact with them while you bowed. If the person is someone for whom you have a greater level of respect, say your teacher or a master, you would bow without making eye contact. I'll explain how I teach students to bow, but don't worry if you sign up at a dojo and they teach a different way. The idea and meaning of the bow remains consistent. There are simple, simply different ways to do it, depending on the style. The karate bow 
begins in a tension stance with your feet together and your hands by your sides. Beginning with your body straight, you bend forward at your waist. As you bend over, keep your hands by your sides, your fingers pointing down. You are tilting into what we call the sun bow. I learned how to bow as a child in Vietnam. I was taught that when a person surrenders, their hands are not in front of them to block or push another away. And that is what we symbolize when we bow with our hands at our sides. We are showing the other person that we mean no harm, that we respect them. In a way, we are surrendering. When we surrender, we acknowledge the other person. There is no more resistance to yourself or the other person. I incorporate these same lessons into my teaching today. The first thing a martial artist does upon entering a dojo is bow. When you do this, not everyone will notice. But that doesn't matter because the bow is for you. It is to remind yourself that you are now training. You are acknowledging your commitment to the practice, to the art, and to your fellow martial artists. You are also bowing to the dojo itself. The word dojo means the place where you learn the way. In martial arts, the word do translates to the way. Sometimes I ask my students what the difference is between a dojo and a playground. And at this point, they all know the answer. A playground is a place to play, whereas a dojo is a place to learn. It's still for fun, but it's also a place of serious commitment towards bettering yourself. The dojo is a sacred place, and the bow is a sacred act. A martial artist bows not only when entering the dojo, but also when he or she steps onto the mat to begin training. The bow is a student's sign of respect, acknowledgement, and commitment to the training space and to his or her partners. Students bow to their instructors and their training partners before and after sparring. They also bow off the mats, and finally, they bow out of the dojo. That sounds like a lot of bowing, and maybe it is, but a lot of bowing leads to an increased awareness of what you're doing and what you're committed to. And bowing doesn't have to stop in the jo dojo. The bow is the first thing you can take with you when you leave the dojo. Many martial artists bow in front of almost everything they do. They bow before work, they, before they come home, and in front of their girlfriends to acknowledge them. Once you have a feel for how the bow for what the bow means, you understanding, your understanding of it can grow. Here are some more thoughts on what the bow means in the dojo and in life. How often does it happen that a kid asks the parents for a toy, and after the parents buy that toy, the kid plays with it for only a few days, or even a few moments, and soon enough forgets all about it? How often do we capture our accomplishments, victories, and happy moments by snapping a picture on our phone and putting it on social media before forgetting all about it? How often are we truly aware of what we've done and what we're doing in the moment? Every single day and every single moment is an opportunity to get better. But often people do not treat them this way. Fridays are celebrated in America. I always hear people say, TGIF! The final bell rings at school, and all the students run for the door to escape. Working people get their paycheck and spend it on the weekend. But why can't we celebrate every moment of our lives? Why do we wait until our birthdays to celebrate ourselves? 
We should be able to celebrate everything we do every day. This is why we bow. It isn't why we bow so much. We're committed to the moment. We acknowledge the small but important times and opportunities of our lives. Every time I wake up in the morning, I'm happy. I'm grateful for the fact that my eyes have opened and that I'm breathing. As a parent, I feel overwhelmed with gratitude when I see my healthy child breathing next to me. However, most of the time, people forget to feel grateful for these moments. As martial artists, we learn to treasure these moments through our awareness and our acknowledgement. We treasure our moments. It's not always easy. I'm a teacher and sometimes work with kids that have a hard time listening. But I know I can't give up on students like that. You can't call yourself a teacher if you give up on the kids who really need you the most. I know to treasure the moments I can spend teaching them. And I hope that my students learn to treasure the moments when they're being taught. I can't give up on them. And I don't want to give up on them. In the modern age, it's easy to forget to treasure the moments we share with each other. We're so distracted, we forget to talk to each other. Everybody has a phone or a tablet in their hands. When kids hang out with their parents, even the parents are on the phone. My kids are four, six, and 10 years old. In my house, we have a no phone rule. Every time our family goes somewhere together, my kids say, daddy, no phone. And that's that. We hang out, no phone. We go to the beach, no phone. We go to a restaurant, no phone. I'm with my kids. Who do I need to talk to? In my life, I always try to treasure the things around me. I want my kids and my students in the dojo to do the same thing. How can we ex expect, how can I expect my kids to be better than I if I'm not setting a good example? If I can't expect someone to love you if you don't love yourself. You can't want someone to take care of you if you can't take care of yourself. When you learn to treasure each moment, you'll be teaching others how to do the same thing just by setting the example. Wow, that's great. <laughs> I was once told by a martial artist that I knew that at his school, they didn't bow. They didn't bow because it was, as he put it, some old Shinto thing. <laughs> I didn't say anything, which was hard, believe me. But it was hard not to notice that the, the same school had people swearing on the mats, arguing and fighting in front of the students, and just generally acting like their school was more of a, a hangout place than a dojo. And this struck me as very sad. In this day and age, we need to understand that bowing isn't some old Shinto thing. Bowing is about respect. It is about compassion. It's about gratitude. It's about leaving the outside world and all that it brings behind and having a place where you act better, where you try to be a better person. And you're going to fail sometimes. Let's face it. We're all human. But you're trying. Then you take those lessons out with you into the world. I myself, I bow to things inwardly, inwardly and outwardly all the time. Bowing to me 
also means letting go, not clinging to things. And this is a lot harder than you'd think, especially if someone does something mean to you, especially when you get cut off in traffic. But bowing, letting go, being open to new things instead of dwelling on the past, learning from mistakes. This is what training in life is all about. Learn a lesson. Bow. See something beautiful. Bow. Now this doesn't necessarily mean you have to bow literally. You can bow in your head too. That's pretty good. Though sometimes, maybe when nobody is looking, don't be afraid to acknowledge the positive vibrations of the universe when you see them and bow step on the mat mr newen has done a really good job with this book i I really like it um i'd recommend you pick up a copy you can get it at all the usual places and i would recommend it i'd give it five stars on the james eek rating of books so there you go step on the mat by ninja ewan life lessons of the ninja i wish my name was ninja anyhow let's move on so the question of the week what is too young or too old for the martial arts well i don't think there is a too young or a too old to be honest When it comes to putting your kids in the martial arts, you need to, first of all, be honest with yourself and find out if your child is ready for it. You might want them to do it. Maybe you just need a break from them. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But some kids, when they are really little, are just not up to training. But if you can find a school that keeps the training fun, then almost any age, once they're out of diapers, is probably okay, depending on the kid. I've taught children that are four who have more interest in fun training than some that are eight or nine years old. Now, what I've found out is if you have your kids in the martial arts, you're going to find this out probably for yourself, though hopefully hopefully not. But what I've found out with kids around 11 to 13 years old is that they probably need to either have a class for kids their own age or be in with the adults, if that works. Some who've been training for years, when they hit that age range, will want a break. Unfortunately, for kids, just as for adults, a break often means a pretty close to permanent break. (laughs) You're probably done. Now, being a former kid martial artist, I'd say even though this through this period, try to keep your kid in class, even when they're moaning and groaning. These years are honestly when they need the dojo the most. What they don't need is a break. It's giving them everything that they need to learn in life. It's giving them an outlet. It's giving them a social thing. And it's letting them, you know, maybe just be gloomy and an early teenager in a place that their parents aren't there. So keep them in or... Like I said, put them in with the adults if that works for you, but keep them in at that age even when they're telling you that they they need to stop because believe me, they don't. As for what is too old, 
I think that as we get older, we just need to change the way we train and maybe watch who it is that we train with so that we navigate potential injury a bit better. Um, but other than that, you don't really have a reason to stop. I know martial artists in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, um, the physical, social, and mental aspects are super important, not just in your younger years, but probably even more important as we get older. You just need to to be smart about it. Make sure you're in a school that, it, you know, understands that you're older and not expecting you to keep up with the 20-year-olds. And that said, too, as we get older, we need to be honest with ourselves. You know, I'm 50 years old now. I know I'm not 20. And for me to expect myself to, you know, be like a 20-year-old, it's just not reality. You're going to find, though, as you train and you stick with it, you get skills and insights and other things that, you know, the younger guys don't have. So it's important that you get all diverse ages in there. So, young or old, get on the mats and train. There you go. Sage advice from James Eek. <laughs> Uh, that's a good question, though. Thank you. Um, and I think we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, if you are enjoying these podcasts, once again, leave us a review. Go on the Apple Podcast and uh, give us five stars. And if you can, I say this all the time, leave a review. It uh, helps other people find the podcast. And, um, you know, good words are important. By that stretch, too, if you're enjoying the podcast, please drop me a line. Let me know what you like about it. And if you have any ideas of future podcasts, same thing. And if you have questions of the week, send those to me, too, because I could mention your name like I did a few weeks ago to, for a couple guys that sent me questions. Um, other than the reviews, which help me out a lot, um, you can find my books, Warrior's Way, and a wolf in the woods you find those on amazon they're available as normal books or ebooks though i guess ebooks these days are normal books <laughs> i'm dating myself um anyhow you can find those on there and if you're liking these podcasts please pick it up because this thing's free and those aren't <laughs> um and then the other thing you could do is track me down on facebook or instagram there is a Warrior's Way podcast Facebook page. We also have a website. Um, but you can also find me through my martial arts school. It's the Eek Academy of Martial Arts. I have an Instagram page there that I use to post stuff for Warrior's Way. Because I honestly don't want to have two Instagram accounts. <laughs> it's just me. Maybe I should. Maybe I've broken you know, the first sin of social media in not having multiple accounts. But whatever. I choose to live, not be a slave to that stuff. So I post everything all on the one thing. You'll see pictures from my life, pictures from my dojo, and pictures from the Warrior's Way on there. Uh, however, I have you know, succumbed to the social media pressure on Facebook. So there are multiple pages on there. Um, you can find the Academy of Martial Arts on Facebook. You can find the Warrior's Way podcast on there as well. And please follow us. And the last thing I'll say about all that is if you do enjoy this, please let your friends know about it. Pass on the podcast. Let people know what we're doing. Um, share stuff. Whatever. 
because we will continue to grow and do awesome things as people want it. And for you, constant listener, thank you so much for listening all this time. We're almost at episode 60, and honestly, I never thought that I would get this far with these things. And I am, honestly, I think I'm doing it mostly because people listen. And I really appreciate all of you that do. It really makes me happy to see that um, this means something to you guys. When I hear from you guys saying that uh, you get something out of it, and it's helping you out in your day, uh, in your life, and that is the reason why I am doing this. So thank you. And that was me giving you one of those inner bows. Oh, isn't that sweet? Anyhow, <laughs> we'll call it a day. All right. So with no further ado, turn this thing off. Get into the dojo. Train hard. Have fun. Do some good deeds today. Be a good friend. Help people out. Make this world a better place. Make it a better place than the world that you came into. And I think that today more than ever, that is important. Thanks a lot.